Welcome to episode 26 of the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. Today, we're talking about Seattle having one of the best fundraising quarters ever and whether we're impressed or not. We also talk about businesses that are doing good or are they just charities? Next, we talk about the Founders Live Hall of Fame winners. So these are all the collection of winners from all of the Founders Live events. And we talk about some of our favorites. And then we end the show talking about cryptocurrency ending this year. And is it something we're still interested in? And where do we think it's going? And we end talking about the book, uh, American Kingpin, which is about the creation of the Silk Road. So thank you very much for listening to the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. Enjoy episode 26. Hey, Nick, good morning. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Connor? Uh, I'm wonderful. I want to give a shout out to you. I appreciate you uh, carrying the load this week for uh, the our four topics. Uh, I realized, oh, I only had put one topic <laughs> in, but I'm glad you uh, filled in an extra one for me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. How was your week? The week's been good. The week's been good, man. Uh, just, um, you know, we had we had our event uh, last week. And I know we talked about that a little bit, um, but um, yeah, just, you know, the week, the weeks after, you know, when I'm running an event here in Seattle, the weeks after is really just getting the next one set up and, and focused. And so this, this next event, you know, for Founders Live here in Seattle, this next thing is going to be a part of Startup Week. So Startup Week in Seattle is October 8th through the 12th, I believe. And so our event is Wednesday the 10th. And, you know, so it's like, really once one is done you just start focusing on another and so i'm excited to see that what happens during that week and you know it's going to be a lot of activity and we'll be a part of it that's fantastic i know last year was a huge success for you yeah uh when you hosted that event i mean that was probably the biggest event you've ever held right Uh, close to it i mean close to it if not yeah so yeah um that's awesome yeah. Very cool. I totally kind of spaced that startup week is next week. Is there anything else uh, to give them a little shout out here? Is there anything else part of that week that you're looking forward to? Um, I would just say there's quite a bit of um, things going on from, you know, panel discussions to talks to events um, such as ours. I would encourage anyone to just go to Seattle startup week, like search Seattle startup week, go to the, um, go to the website. You do have to register and create a schedule but you can check that out. Um, you know, there's just so many. I don't really, can't really say that I have favorites at this point. But yeah, just check it out. It's gonna be a great, great time. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, what two weeks away. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Well, with startup week coming up, it's kind of been a real big quarter for Pacific Northwest fundraising. And GeekWire actually just shared an article. Uh, recently and it was it was after convoy and did convoy ever pitch at founders live they didn't you know i wish they, they did actually <laughs> I wish yeah, they um, did. and but they just raised 185 million dollars uh for their trucking startup i mean which that's that's a lot of money for their one billion dollar valuation and they're only three years old um so they're kind of becoming the big one but uh here this quarter there was uh how much was it Almost, it was almost, it was $793 million was raised, which was the highest since 2015. 
Um, and quarter four of 2017 was 591. So, I mean, that's a third uh, increase. And so uh, I know like some of the early topics we started with this show with in the beginning of the year was about how, how Seattle startups struggle to raise money. And so, you know, are you impressed that so much money came into our companies this past quarter or it, is that not uh, that important for you? Well, I think the, the angle I'm going to take here, given that, you know, I have such a eye on the early, early stage, and which is the most important, in my opinion. Um, I, I think the angle I'm going to take here is I'm this is in the end, this is good. Any any growth in, quite frankly, any stages of funding for Seattle is good. But I'm going to point out a couple of things that are bothersome and just frustrate the hell out of me, which is. Number one, on this, um, when they, they list out after that, the data that you just wrote, uh, here are the top financing rounds of 2018 for Seattle startups um, after Convoy. And then, you know, they, they list out Rover, Spaceflight Industries, you know, those two around 150 million, Dreambox, 130 million, Remitly, 115, Privateer Holdings, 100, 100 million. And it, it goes on for another five or so. And these are all later stage, man. Like, the, that, that's really great that, you know, later stage companies are getting funded in the hundreds of millions or, you know, high um, tens of millions. But what the hell is going on with the early stage? And that really, it just, it really bothers me right now that the early stage is just broken here in Seattle. And I know that there's investment firms popping up and everyone's trying to focus and fix it. But if you look at Seattle companies are drawing more attention from out-of-town investors and particularly Silicon Valley firms, which participated in 69 investments for Seattle area startups in 2017, up from 28 in 2009. Well, hey, Seattle Angels and Seattle early stage investors, wake the hell up. (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because we as founders here in Seattle are basically having to go out of this city to raise money. And whether that's, you know, some of this later stage or even early stage uh, basically you could read this is in the last 10 years, entrepreneurs have had to more than double, more than 2x the amount of money they're raising has had to come out of other areas of the country, most likely Silicon Valley, rather than what we would choose to do is invest from here in Seattle with the angels and the, the investors that are around us that quote support us. So th- th- these are my thoughts and I'm just trying to be candid because th- that needs to change. And I know that there's a lot of focus and I know a lot of people that are really helping this, but it still is a problem. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because you and I have very similar feelings and, and, and uh, you know, no problem seeking choir for shouting this out because yeah. all this money raised is creating an immense amount of jobs um, and, and opportunities for a lot of people to uh, create a better life for themselves because if any of these companies go on and sell or IPO or, you know, make a ton of money beyond what all these employees are making salary wise, uh, it's going to be good for our area. But yeah, like this is just a lot of money and there's just not a lot of like early stage startups, like getting opportunities. And so it's crazy. Let let me, let me paint it this way, which is even crazier, which is the cycle, the cycle goes, you know, startup, create, you know, create a startup, grow it, go for investment, raise some money from 
investors, whether they're angels or uh, venture venture capital, if that's local, what happens is when that company grows and is successful, the money gets recycled back. And that is what grows an economy and grows a market such as early stage entrepreneurship and startups. But that's given that it's local and the local firms then receive the, the returns and then they can actually deploy more. But when you look at when you look at what's happening is if we're actually having to look outside of Seattle and look to Silicon Valley, the successes, even on the listed companies here, if they've all pretty much raised outside capital or outside of Seattle, when they're successful, the returns will not come back to Seattle. I mean, those founders, yeah, they'll, they'll make some coin and the, they'll do well, but they're, the infrastructure of the local, you know, that's something that we're really concerned about. And so I think having a larger picture and, you know, all these listed here, I'm not sure the angels, maybe they were local and, you know, I don't want to be too harsh here, but that is the cycle that grows a local market for early stage entrepreneurship to then continue to expand. And I think that that's part of the trouble here in Seattle. We still are trying to really get going on a international level. And up to this point, like if, startups and entrepreneurs have had to look to outside capital when they do become successful that that capital is never really returned back to the yeah. local market to then feed it to grow more and that's why silicon valley where it all started that's why they're so rich and that's why they're so massive is because it never had another option it started organically there and it's gone and fed itself to the point where it's just a huge huge um, aspect of funding so there's no easy answer, but that's part of it. And that's why I'm so focused on the things that I do and just trying to be vocal now. Like, ain't, you know, we, we need more here. And yeah. quite frankly, like all the, all the cities need more, but you know, Seattle in general, like it's, that's the only way it's going to change is if it really, we start focusing on feeding the, feeding the ecosystem. Yeah. And we just have like, I'm, I'm skeptical now based off our history that even if all of these, these companies go on an IPO and a bunch of money is made, like how many entrepreneurs are going to be made out of that or future investors who are going to come reinvest? I'm, I'm very skeptical that, yeah, it's mm -hmm. going to create uh, a bigger economy here locally. And so yeah. um, let, let's go on to the topic. I really like how you posed this question. Um, you posted here on our spreadsheet says, can you do good while doing good business or is it just charity? Um, and I'd love to know, like, what where your thoughts were when you wrote down this question. Right. So, you know, as I've been having conversations with uh, local Seattle investors, um, an interesting con concept and topic has come up, which is, you know, if anyone knows me, you know, I'm I'm quite passionate and and um, you know my vision around how to change the how to enhance and grow the entrepreneurial activity around the world is in some parts, there's some very strong uh, quote, I guess, doing good, or at least inspiring people to, to grow and develop. And, and we want to, you know, like bring opportunities to other parts of the world that might not have these opportunities. And, and for some reason, I mean, this is a for-profit company. I believe we're going to make a lot of money. We're going to be very, very large around the world. And yet they're kind of like, hmm, this, you know, is, you know, are you a nonprofit? Like, shouldn't this be a charity? I mean, maybe we'll just maybe you should just get donations from, you know, nonprofits or, or large organizations. And I'm just like, wait, 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 
And it's weird because I'm sensing sometimes that investors, when they look at things, and, and this is the weirdest thing for me, I guess, when it's so, when it's not 100% capitalistic, what I mean by that is we're creating a SaaS tool that companies pay X and we're going to take X revenue and profit from Y customers and we're going to make this over time and we're going to be hugely monetarily successful. That is like 100% capitalistic. You're creating a product, you're selling it for profit, and you don't care necessarily the impact that it has on the world except you want to make money. And when those pitches are made to investors, they're like, oh, great, we'll invest, we'll get a return. But when I bring this like absolutely massively changing idea, because I believe it is, and there's some huge like social economic, like rising the tide of economics in Africa or South America aspects to what we're building. I get this like almost because like maybe, you know, Startup Weekend and Up Global in the end was like a nonprofit and Kaufman Foundation. that's really about supporting entrepreneurship. They're a nonprofit. They do great things. But I'm getting this like because there is a do good aspect to what I'm pitching that they start thinking about charity or is this a nonprofit or why don't you just and I'm just like, why can't a business have a view of massively positively impacting the world, even socially, and yet still be a billion dollar company? Yeah, it's fucking insane to me. And my now I guess I've recently realized like that's my goal is to find investors and people and partners that view the same way and in the end like make a massive impact and still have this like aspect that it's not just 100% about profit <laughs> and, and I think that that is like I hope as people are listening you should be thinking about positively impacting and changing the world at the same time, you should be definitely looking at the dollars and cents and economics of what you're building. Certainly. And, and yeah, at the early stage, I think it's hard to do that. When I was kind of resort, researching companies that do good, I mean, the first one everyone always thinks of is, is Tom Shoes. And Tom Shoes definitely like created this new trend of the, the buy one, give one concept. And I mean, they sold, uh, they sold 50% when they were valued at 625 million, but that's still not even up at like the billion dollar value where, yeah. you know, what billion dollar companies are doing that. Yeah. Because it, you know, Bill Gates makes all this money and then he starts the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, which is, I believe a nonprofit. Um, so yeah, it's super hard, but there are some companies doing some good things. Patagonia is the one that I thought of. Um, and they are just extremely active in, um, environmental activism and they put a lot of money towards that and so i think that's something that's pretty awesome uh and matches a lot with what they do and i also read uh about the ceo of audible in newark new jersey uh where they're based he actually like created a uh program that he partnered with the city and he called it newark now and what the program does it's a lottery that each year awards 20 Audible employees with a year's worth of rent if they sign a two-year lease in Newark. <laughs> That's um, amazing. And then that, that person also, uh, I'm sorry, the company will give a 500 monthly stipend indefinitely to any employees who commit to living in the city. Um, and just kind of like combined with the Amazon headquarters two stuff that's going on, I just think that like, that's so cool yeah, for a company like that, especially a company that 
um, now has grown so much since it got acquired by Amazon. But to like partner with a city like that and say like, hey, we're actually going to contribute to the growth and the prosperity of your city by taking money out of our own pocket to to help with this. I just think that's amazing because those those 20 Audible employees who have a year's worth of free rent, like that's that's a life changing amount of money. Right. That's, it is. that's 10 to twenty thousand dollars, which can mm-hmm. really make a big impact in a year. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's possible, but yeah, it's definitely hard. And when it comes to fundraising, I mean, investors aren't about doing good. They're about making money yeah. and those things really clash with each other. So I can understand, but why a lot of yeah, people, and, you know, I think it, what I'm learning for sure too, is, you know, it is really about the way that you position, you know, if you have these values and vision, that's great. You know, you really do have to position it as a, you know, growing, successful, large, outcome if, if that's what you want and that's if that's why you're you know needing to or i mean that's what investors are looking for too so um but i just find it interesting that you know the responses sometimes that and a lot of it it's not on me it's on them that it's the responses because they've seen so many businesses and pitches and then when you come with like look this is this will massively change economies and in cities and and people they they flip to like, well, why don't you just be a nonprofit? And I'm like, what? Like, I don't I don't even freaking understand that. So anyway, um, yeah, but, but yeah. what I mean, and what you're doing, and, and the opportunity that you're building in Africa and South America, and I assume eventually Asia, like, is going to yep. provide a lot of opportunity. I think yep. that's really where uh, you're probably going to have the biggest impact. Are a lot of those underserved uh, regions that kind of need this inspiring entrepreneurial community to bloom. Uh, and can really help a lot of those regions. Totally. So I want to bring up the next topic. Um, and this is one like, you know, I think we should definitely sprinkle it in every so often. But, you know, we have um, a Founders Live Hall of Fame. And that is basically uh, the winners uh, out, out of all the events that we have around the world, uh, basically monthly events, you know, the crowd votes on which startup pitch that they thought was the best. And, and so we list, we list the winners. And um, I want to throw it out to you, Connor, like if you, you know, if you browse this, is there, in this could be in any city, you know, you can read through like some, you know, we list the, we, li- we basically list the city, the name of the startup in a very uh, short description of what they do. Um, which ones uh, jump out or is there one that really jumps out at you as like just impressive or um, surprising or uh, intriguing? Yeah, I have a, I have a couple. Uh, one that has stuck out to me that I'm going to dive deeper into is BizTrack. Um, it's a step-by-step guided instruction plus helpful information, estimated costs, resources, tools uh, for business partners to help entrepreneurs succeed. I think that could be kind of interesting. I'm, I'm not sure what kind of content is in there, um, but I do need some kind of like business coaching help as far as like administratively for my business that I, I've been looking for. Uh, and some other ones that I listed here, um, fourth wall app, I thought was <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, and, and I think there's some interesting opportunity there where AR and VR are going to be integrated into like creating art. And, and what caught my eye at first from their pitch was just like how, uh, they related it to history and understanding history. And I, I had a different idea of what that was going to be. I think it would be really cool if you could go into, 
uh, a much older city, say you go to Florence, Italy, and you could be wearing this headset or these glasses and really like have a historical tour of the city and what it looked like back in the day. I think that would be super cool. I know this was a little different. Uh, but two more things that I wanted to highlight. One was uh, Clean Fair app, which I just downloaded uh, because I ride public transportation every day. And what they're trying to do is uh, turn your commute into change. So mm -hmm. by tracking your commute, uh, you can earn money. I think that's super interesting. And lastly, one that was this last month was uh, Oddly. Is that how you pronounce it? Oddly? Yep. I think that just has huge potential to turn food waste, which is a gross amount here in the United States, into food, I think is just a huge, huge billion-dollar opportunity. And, well, it's one of those companies that could do a lot of good. It could save a lot of waste while creating new opportunities moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Oddly, um, Seattle-based, uh, they, they won uh, in, in August, uh, so they did a great job. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump out and say um so from dallas uh last month as well in august uh it was almaty health blockchain-based healthcare decentralized healthcare for everyone mm. and you know i don't know much about them but i can tell you that I, I i think when you look at blockchain and the new directions of um the innovations around the blockchain and decentralized aspects which basically in the end means uh, less control, less centralized control over information, which when you look at healthcare, that's one of the biggest problems is how it's privatized, how, you know, being able to like, as a patient, be able to like move your data is, is, is absolutely difficult right now. And it's, it's frustrating. And then who owns that? Um, so when you look at the future of healthcare, I do believe it actually involves uh, the blockchain or some sort of decentralized nature. Um, and that's why these guys are very, very intriguing to me. Um, very interesting. Um, the team, the team looks very diverse, which is awesome. And, uh, really interested to see where this goes, but Almaty health, I'm really interested in where they, the, where they go. So yeah, that's going to be super interesting. What, what would you say? Like when I was getting deep in here, like 2014, 2015, what what are some of like the biggest com like companies that have after they've pitched have really grown a lot? Oh, so um, so interesting. So let's see. Uh, like I remember Maturino. Yeah, shout out to Maturino. Um, they are they are basically um, they are crowdfunded esports and for streamers. And um, I, I bet you their one sentence statement has changed a little bit since then. And actually, shout out to um, shout out to them. I've, I've actually just have been emailing with those guys. So I'm excited to chat and catch up. But uh, um, another one, I'll just tell you that uh, Drift, so a peer to peer energy marketplace. And that's Greg Robinson, good friend of mine. Um, they're they're going to be a very, very big deal. And I'm really excited about what he's doing. Um, let's see. Another one would be, um, so validated. I'm not yeah. sure actually where they're at, but these, these, these guys, uh, actually went on to shark tank. So, um, I don't know if that was the best experience for them. I'll have to, uh, you know, chat, but they, they pitched and they're, they're building an app for urban explorers. 
uh, validated connects you to shops and restaurants that help pay for your transportation, kind of like the app that you um, you were talking about earlier. And then, you know, Tread. Uh, Tread, they're where trusted car buyers and sellers connect. So they're a, bar, a car market, essentially an aftermarket car marketplace. Um, let's see. The Riveter. The Riveter. The Riveter. Yeah. She's, they're doing well. And Amy's um, a good friend of mine. Actually, I sat down for a did an interview, uh, Founders Live conversation with her that'll be coming out here in the next uh, few weeks, I guess. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah, those, those are some great ones, though. Yeah. Unearth provides interactive aerial maps and construction projects, uh, secure storage for building history, and simple collaboration for your entire team. So they use drones that go in and, um, you know, provide data based on flying and recording aerial maps of construction sites and then take that data into a collaboration space that construction teams can can use um so yeah they're just, they're just hey man there's a lot so <laughs> yeah there have been some great ones i think uh and when we talked about this through text uh starting to work just more of these pitches in uh like i think what we should do especially there's so many events going on now uh let's talk about a way that we can organize like let's just promote more of these startups that are pitching Right. Yep. At, at least giving shout outs to the winners. Like maybe each week we start talking about the winners uh, from all like of that. the different cities, just to like give them some extra uh, credit and kind of involve the Founders Live community a little bit more in the show. And uh, yeah, I think you and I, we both thrive the most talking about opportunities of companies and the things they're working on. Uh, and I think that would be an awesome uh iteration of the show yeah, as we're kind of suggestion. talking about ideas here live on the show um but we've got one more topic here and that was from an article from the verge and i love the title just called coin flip um and it was <laughs> about coinbase and says coin coinbase thrived when cryptocurrencies crashed um and can it take the blockchain back to the mainstream so uh cryptocurrencies has had a a, a bad year um and it's very reminiscent to the crash in 2000 or in the year 2001 uh nasdaq just lost all of its value and the same thing happened with cryptocurrencies and so nick the question that you asked was um you know where does crypto end this year and do you even care yeah so i'm gonna answer that in two ways um when i say where does crypto end i mean that's kind of a larger generalized you know question but in general, the directional, like when you think about Bitcoin or um, Ethereum or others, you know, Ripple, just I would say I think it's going to end lower than it is now in the whole market, whatever coin or whatever um, token that you evaluate, I think it's going to end lower. I mean, if you remember last year, it spiked at, at around Christmas time and then basically the rest of this whole year has been a sell off. And I actually don't think my prediction is I don't think we see a spike. I think we actually see uh, I bet you it ends around like Bitcoin prices around five, you know, so it's going to lose another 2000, I bet. And um, do I do I really care? I think like, you know, I do have some history in, in this area, but it's I don't know. There's just a lot that's frivolous and superficial. And I just like I described the you know, the blockchain and the things that are integrated into other applications or other industries, uh, I think is very interesting. Um, I just 
don't think the crypto industry is, as an investment put money in at one price and hopefully you make, you know, 10x or 1000x what, you know, we know some people that did that way early on. But uh, I don't think that that's I'm not impressed with that. And I don't think that that's the way that things are going to go for anyone if you bought after 2016. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there's people that had Bitcoin when it was valued at 10, 10 cents or a dollar. So they're still sitting fine. But um, the people that as a like investment today, nope. And so do I really care? I don't really, but I do care the innovation around the blockchain and how that can be um, used going forward yeah i mean blockchain's here to stay for sure i mean that is the big technology that uh is going to be household uh talk here in the next couple of years because it's just going to get incorporated within engineering teams on how to validate information and and there's no doubt that that technology is going to spread it'll be interesting to what happens with the concept of coins uh, but kind of off topic why well, i do think uh, the only reason why I care a little bit, I just read the book or finished reading the book it's called American Kingpin by Nick Bilton. And mm. it's about the Silk Road. And, the, yeah. and, and it's, it's read in a narrative form. So it reads like a normal um, fiction story, but it's all the facts and everything that came out from uh, the detective side and from Dude, the protagonist that is side. a crazy story. And it, from what I know, I, li- I think I listened to a podcast or like a um, long article. That guy like was wrapped into some crazy stuff and it just got out of control. Yeah. Like, that it, is like the story, right? Yeah. And, and it was just about how um, cryptocurrency and the blockchain and everything created a, a lot of opportunity and created these new forms of ecosystems. So uh, for anyone who's not aware of Silk Road, I mean, it was the Amazon for anything that you wanted and it specifically ended up being drugs guns um Mm -hmm. and anything bad like that that you couldn't buy off a normal market and the ceo uh he's my age i think he's probably 29 or 30 he's in jail for life now he just got uh they, they made an example of him when he decided not to take a plea deal but yeah i mean he had hits out on people and he went from like he was the people who knew him from like his teenage years were so shocked like his parents his family even like his girl or his, one of his girlfriends didn't even know that he was involved with these kind of things and never would have suspected that he would do some of these evil decisions um and so highly recommended audiobook american kingpin super good really intriguing story um just about a guy who uh had a very libertarian mindset and then he created this marketplace and it just went crazy and he was making millions of dollars every day um, but millions of dollars is hard to uh turn into cash when it's cryptocurrency and yeah it's just about his his run and him getting caught and uh hmm. i know that's a little bit of tangent but that actually got me a lot more intrigued with what was going on with cryptocurrency because yeah. i read that book interesting awesome man Cool. Well, great show, Nick. Do um, you got any parting words for our audience here? Yeah, I'd say enjoy enjoy the weekend. If you're in Seattle, it's actually an incredible day today. So um, hopefully you are able to maybe take some calls outside or get outside. And, um, you know, 
I guess go Hawks. <laughs> go Hawks, Nick. Oh, and go Sounders. More importantly, yeah, in my opinion. More importantly. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for joining me on the show every single week. This was episode 26 of the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. Nick, enjoy your upcoming weekend, and I will talk thank to you. you next week. See you.